Well, Kurt, we want to welcome Bill to the radio broadcast this morning. Bill, uh, we're excited to talk to you about uh, being on the resident program, so welcome to the program. Thank you. Bill, you've been at the Haven since since when? Since uh, March of last year. Okay. And currently, as you've gone through the, the program, I guess I'm going to ask you about current events. You're an intern in the men's program. Can you explain what that means and what do you do? Uh, basically, um, being an intern, I... Uh, I work at the shelter at night uh, from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. And basically what I do is I assist the the staff members there with the the clients. And because of the fact that uh, it being winter and um, and, an overload of clients in the the building, uh, there's a lot of extra work that needs to be done during the evening hours, uh, such as cleaning, assisting with the... um, the clients in their needs, uh, getting them mats or extra blankets, uh, things on that line, things that they need in order to be, maintain some degree, degree of comfort mm-hmm. for the clients. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Bill, uh, you've been here since uh, early March of last year is when you came into the program. Is that correct? That's correct. And you, you really have a unique background. Uh, Bill, you're a civil engineer. Uh, why don't you share with our audience uh, how did you end up at the Haven Rust? Well, um, for some reason, unbeknownst to me, um, though I do think it is rather providential, um, I started drinking extremely heavy at a uh, at an age that one would think that uh, you know you'd be maybe slowing down in life, and. Um, at the age of 45, I, uh, I just decided um, that drinking was more important than uh, God, more important than my, my home, my job, my family, um, the dog, everything. Um, and that became my major concern. And uh, I totally withdrew from society and uh, just placed all my faith in a bottle, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned that there are some circumstances, I guess, with your family that were also kind of going moving in place at that time as well. Well, um, <clears throat> my family has always been uh, – uh, alcohol has always been in the family. Um, cocktails before dinner um, – you know, cocktails at uh, football game, uh, tailgate parties, uh, things on that line. It's always been in the background. But for me, it uh, gradually, um, it wasn't in the background anymore. It became the focus. It became an obsession. And it, it became something more important than anything else. And um, I, I do believe my drinking was a form of self-induced spirituality. Mm. I do think that I was drinking in order to make myself more acceptable to me and more acceptable to my fellow human beings. Mm-hmm. I, I, For some reason, I felt inferior until I was drinking. What, 
Well, you know, Bill, as as you talk about that, Kurt, we were talking a little bit before the broadcast. Something that really caught my attention here, Bill, was you you were said that the drinking was actually robbing you from some of the things that you loved to do. Writing was one of them, and some other things. Absolutely, writing, um, playing my guitar. I love playing my guitar. I, in fact, I play guitar here, you know, for the Christmas party and mm-hmm. in some uh, chapel services, which I truly enjoy. Um, hopefully, my church that I'm joining is going to have me uh, play guitar for them also. So, um, the things that that I miss so much are, are have come back into my life, and the the um, the uh, the things that alcohol robbed me of, I'm replacing with the things that I love. So, in other words, I'm replacing good with ba- or bad with good mm-hmm. with my guitar. Mm-hmm. And what role did your family play in you seeking help at the Haven of Rest? <laughs> well, I, I guess they all had a meeting and uh, started making phone calls. And um, they were concerned that, um, and this is kind of a funny story, um, they were concerned that uh, uh, I would not be, it would not be conducive for me, and I would not be conducive to attending a program that had a, a Christian base to it. But as soon as I heard that, a light went off. It was a, it was a little flicker. Mm-hmm. Went off and said, "Yes, that's what I need. I truly do feel that the alcohol has robbed me, not only mentally and physically, but spiritually. It just devastated me. And there was something calling me back. Something, something, mm-hmm. something. And I found it. Well, you know, when you came to the Haven Rest, uh, Bill." Obviously, uh, your background, you're a very logical man. Uh, we've talked about that. You come into the Haven Arrest and you get put on this our resident program, uh, which is a discipleship program. And a lot of things are going on uh, here in that program, which you mentioned about. Uh, uh, but there's something that happened to you uh, through one of our, our chaplains, uh, Jason Hubbard, gave you some tapes uh, just because he knew that they would, they they it would be something that you liked. Why don't you share about these these Christian tapes that were given to you? Um, yes, it was a complete, um, let's say, lesson plan on the entire New Testament. And it does. Uh, what it did was it discussed the various differences in in the books and how they were written and who wrote them, and things on that line. But what um, really caught my interest was the book of Romans and the the absolutes that that I found in the the book of Romans such as the justification of of my existence with God and his complete and utter love for me that I thought that I was totally and thoroughly unlovable and his absolute forgiveness in everything that I've done and my rejection of him for so many, many years. And not through lack of education. I, I was raised uh, in a parochial setting for 12 years, including my schooling. But that whole idea of justification never came up. It was all 
um, historical, uh, uh, theoretical. There was no concrete evidence that I saw, that I was taught, of, of forgiveness, utter forgiveness. And I thought I was still a, a very bad person. And I do believe I drank to cover that feeling up. Mm-hmm. I drank to physically induce spirituality to make myself acceptable. And I, I know that may sound like a, a very far-fetched thing, but that's the way I felt, mm-hmm. and that's the way I feel now. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of something a, a former staff member here at the Haven Rest, Marshall Brandon, yes. uh, t- told me one time that justification is when God looks at us, he sees us through his son Christ's death on the cross mm-hmm. and through those eyes. And when he looks at us, it's just as if we had never sinned, you know. Mm-hmm. And for a person, that only goes so far if it's academic, like you were talking about in the early days. But for you, it, it reached your heart exactly at that, at that moment. Exactly, exactly. It, it, the awareness was um, uh, astounding, for lack of a better term. So this big light bulb goes off for you, and now Christ becomes. Uh, you're looking at Christ as a, as, a, as differently now. Uh, you're actually looking at him as a real person and somebody that you need in a personal relationship. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but also, I, I do uh, want to say that um, be, because of my old way of thinking, sometimes those tapes pop up. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm learning a whole new thing uh, of a mental discipline where I have to think and snap my fingers and say, no, you can't think like that anymore. That's not right. Mm-hmm. So there's the, the little angels on my shoulders. One's getting bigger and one's getting smaller, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, one's getting louder. One's getting, mm-hmm. you know, he's starting to be quiet. He's... But what, what's happening is that, that I'm gradually, um, through discipline or discipleship, um, becoming more and more resilient to the negative thoughts. And um, that's, that, that's what I've been dealing with now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you're interesting because to me because— um, like I said, you were you're kind of a, a fish out of water, to use your own terms here. Um, not many folks that we have here uh, have an engineering background and, uh, uh, mu- well, musicians, yes. But uh, you've also, as Reverend Kaiser suggested, has uh, you like to do some, some writing? Yes, I have a... Um I have a book published, and I have one that's ready to be published. Uh, I put that on hold when I came here. I thought, well, I knew that I'd have to concentrate on something much more important than that. But that's about ready to be uh, finally editorialized Mm -hmm. and uh, sent to the publisher. But uh, I've, uh, like I said, I I published both there in the quirky humorous category. And um, one... uh, (laughs) One uh, reviewer said that I'm I, Twainish O'Henry. 
<laughs> so that's really interesting. <laughs> so that's where that the, is interesting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, Bill, you know, it's it's always a joy uh, to see how the Lord has worked in your life. I mean, March to now, there's been so many changes in your life. And I know that you're interning across the street, working with, with the resident men. Uh, as we get close to wrapping things up here, Bill, uh, what, what's your future plans? Uh, I'd like to uh, stay as close as I possibly can to the mission. I, I'd like to uh, hopefully uh, at some point, once I do get settled and, and the dust settles, uh, um, volunteer here, but I'd want to find work in the area, um, start a life here in the area. Um, I have not that I want to stay away from my hometown, but uh, I want to uh, s- s- keep it as a, a friendly distance, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. But um, but I- I'd like to stay in the Akron area. Mm-hmm. Bill. As we come to the close now of this uh, time together, do you have any prayer requests that you would be willing to share? Um, and I know our listening audience will be happy to uh, to be in prayer for those. Sure. Um, I, I think more than, than anybody um, that, that needs prayer are, are the clients across the street. Um, I... Working with them every single six days a week and just witnessing them, um, some of them are just so lost and so um, confused. And, and um, they're all – I like that poster when I first came in. And I, I first looked at it uh, that was hanging in the, the lobby, and it said something about being heartbroken. And I think all the men over there, every single one of them, has a broken heart. Mm-hmm. Something has happened to them that's so traumatic that that they just need to. That they need all the prayer they can get, and and also for the men in the residence program, because hopefully they all become aware, as I have become aware, and to do the things that I have done in order to to make a, a better life for themselves. They're all so young, mm-hmm. and they have their whole life ahead of them. Well, you know, Bill, we really appreciate you being on the program t- t- today, and I know our listening audience, Kurt, will definitely be praying for you, Bill. We have some wonderful prayer warriors out there. And, Kurt, you know, as we close here, it's always a joy as we bring either uh, someone from the Harvest Home, a lady, or a gentleman like Bill and just to see how much the Lord has touched their hearts and opened their eyes and brought just great change. So, Bill, you've been a blessing for us today, and I'm sure that our listening audience was blessed by your testimony as well. Thank you for being here. Thank Thank you for having me.